Welcome to the What If Podcast with your hosts, Spencer Worth Davis and Ryan Copperwood. We're back. It's the What If Podcast. What up, though? Hi, Spencer. What up, though? How are you, sir? I'm doing good, man. Dude, that's good. Yeah. We're good. <laughs> We've gonna- been playing Zelda all day. I, sorry, I don't have anything ready for the podcast. I, that's, I, I have things ready for the podcast. All right, cool. I, d- I don't have any Zelda stories, though, even though I'm jealous that Dude, you're playing I, some Zelda. We should just talk about video game systems that came out like <laughs> two months ago. We're gonna, you're just going uh, to like turn the podcast into a Spencer fan <laughs> cast about video games, and you're just going to be like, uh, what if Zelda? Okay, so I'm on level, <laughs> and then this happened, and it was crazy. What if you got all the divine beasts and defeated Calamity Ganon? <laughs> Does your voice change over time if yeah. you like get more, become more and more of a if fan of visit, Zelda? Oh, I, was, I thought you meant if you visited more uh, fairies and got super power ups. Is that the premise of the game? Uh, there's a lot. Of, have you never played Zelda? Yeah, but the each game is different. Uh, this one's pretty similar to. Uh, I mean, it's in the same. Same vein. Yeah, okay. As like the, I don't know, the last one I played was uh, Ocarina of Time, and that was like 1998. That, so. was, that was Nintendo's uh, like six consoles ago? Five? Something like that. I was just playing the part where you have to go around and pick up all the chickens and throw them at people, though. So you that remember? part is still still present. You remember how you could fly with the chickens? Yeah. You yeah. Could, can you still do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> I was just throwing chickens around and That's... flying through Kakariko Village. <laughs> Ah, uh, nostalgia. Not much has changed. Anyway, um, similar to uh, you know how Calamity Ganon tried to to end Hyrule. Our question today is: What if the world ends? What if the world ends? Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of calamity, what if the world ends? Um, so, for those of you who we got, we had calamity a calamity Ryan. What do you think about that? <laughs> we had a couple people write in after we did. Uh, we did. What if you disappeared? And then, what if you were visited by the Men in Black? And people are like, "Yeah, a lot of existential crisis going on in uh, in the topics we've been doing." It's gonna get way worse. Today. It's gonna get way worse. But we're gonna make a, uh, I would say, a commensurate amount of jokes about the end of the world to hopefully make it a more palatable subject. I'm not. I'm just gonna ruin some people's days. <laughs> so now you got to deal with that negative piece of potential information. <laughs> Our homie uh, Adrian, shout out to Adrian. Carter, what up? Texted me after the the missing four one one episode. He's like, "Yeah, man, I was gonna uh, listen to your podcast and go for a walk, and then I felt like if I went for a walk, I would probably die or yeah. be transported to another dimension. And yeah. then I stayed in my house all day. So uh, fuck you. <laughs> so sorry, Gorder. Sorry, Gorder. We didn't we didn't mean to scare you that bad. <laughs> um, if that scared you, so will this episode. Yeah. Well, I mean, the world for sure is going to end. It's probably just going to be a long time from now. Well. <laughs> yeah, well, right. We're going to look at the ways that it could happen sooner than later. But but uh, this is one of those, uh, the the hypothetical isn't hypothetical. It's, right. It's going to end. It's an eventuality, uh, if that's a word. I, we're going to say, yeah. Cool. It is. Cool. Um, you want to you wanna kick it off? You want me to? I want to tell you a really quick story about something that happened to me on the way over here. Tight. Before we talk about the world ending. Tight. So I crossed... <laughs> For those of you that don't know, Spencer and I live in Minneapolis. That's where Minneapolis, Minnesota in the United States. That's where this podcast is created and sent into the internets from. And uh, Sent into the internets. Sent into the internets. That's what we call it. Something like that. And uh, basically, Spencer lives on like the far, far east side of South Minneapolis, and I live on like the far, far west side of South Minneapolis. So I'm taking 38th East to come to you today, and I see... <laughs> 
I see a sign up that's like uh it's like a tarp like banner sign mm-hmm. in in a store mm-hmm. that I had not seen. I saw once before but didn't really like pay a ton of attention to it and this time I was at a stopped light so I was like reading it. I took a picture of the sign and I have to read you what this store is so that I can convince you to go visit it with me now. Perfect. On 38th and I believe Chicago, there is a sign for a new store called CGE's One Stop Shop, the number one. Okay. Below CGE's One Stop Shop in smaller writing, it says, we got everything. (laughs) Dot, dot. (laughs) Exclusive men and women clothes. Good. Dot, dot. Hats, shoes, CDs, DVDs, hair braiding, hoodies, studio time. Oh, yeah, I've seen this place. Etc. Yeah, that's not new. ECT, etc. <laughs> X. And then below it, we deliver and special online orders. Deals, deals, deals. <laughs> this is all on one sign? And the third, How big is this sign? It's a big ass wide banner. And the third deals, spelled with two L's, <laughs> just to make sure you know. <laughs> Bro, speaking of multiple L's, how about that sign? <laughs> Dude who wrote that copy took all the L's while creating. Like, I feel like I feel like somebody should have said, "Hey, man, do you want to proofread that sign before you have us print that?" Nah, man, nah, I'm good. Deals, deals, deals. It's not a proofreading business. If, there, if there's more L's, people will know the deals are better. Bro, why why are you telling this story right now? Because I thought it was so funny and it was completely unrelated. And I was like, bro, yes, Spencer yes, and I gotta go to this store and we gotta either record in there or we gotta well, take pictures and time. show people. Yo, they okay. can also do our merch. We're recording an episode of the What If Podcast <laughs> via Studio Time from CGE's one stop shop. What if you took all the L's? <laughs> also, apparently they deliver. We deliver in special line orders. They deliver so else. Maybe maybe they'll deliver special us. Special delivery. <laughs> Can they deliver a studio time? How to your work? ears with this story. Uh, uh, all right, okay. man. That happened on my way over today. Thanks for sharing that. You're welcome. That's, mm-hmm. All right. So um, are you are you personally, do you have any personal thoughts about the apocalypse? Are you like bringing on, I know we've talked before, you're like, if something goes down, you kind of want to be here for it because that's your personality. Uh, it depends on on wh- which type of apocalypse we're talking about. Okay, um, I'm not really interested in the the AI apocalypse. I'd I'd rather avoid that one. That one sounds yeah. Um, any like nuclear sort of situation sounds fallout totally winter. miserable. Yeah. yeah, I mean all of these would be miserable, but at least some of them would be quick. I, w- I like was a gamma kinda... ray burst would be over before you even knew it was happening. Really? Yeah. All right. We'll get to that. If it was big enough, you well, I'm not going to talk about that one, but it like a, a big enough gamma ray burst would just kill all of us instantly, which, you know, then sure, whatever. That comes out of the sun, right? Uh no, it comes out of other stars further away than ours. Really? Mhm. It's just like a pulse of gamma rays that just like kills living They're forms. just lasers flying through space that if one of us hits a one of them hits us, it's just over. Cool. Mhm. Cool. Yeah, it's basically the Death Star, <laughs> and they're just flying randomly through space. But it's like a real drunk Death Death Star that doesn't really know yeah. what it's doing. It's just like shooting in yes. circles. Yes. <laughs> God, that's so much worse. So that I mean, if we were gonna all die, that would probably be a pretty good way to do it. I, just I mean, I guess. Instant. 
that's the yeah yeah but no i'm i'm not really uh i'm not welcoming any sort of apocalyptic yeah. situation i'm not either i think man. by definition it, it would suck i think i i think i've sort of i mean you know i have like an existential crisis every third episode but like i think i've always really loved the concept of like the far future like mad max style or like i am legend or whatever where there's like you know i think it'd be really crazy to like be in a space where you can walk around and buildings are taken over by trees and shit because there's only a couple humans left I actually just remembered that adventure time is technically set in post-apocalyptic earth i i've heard you say this theory once or twice before so if that's this, that would be the one exception. If it, if it means that we come out come out on the other side in Adventure Time in in Ooh, then I'm down. You're 100 percent down. Yeah. Okay. Everyone has magical powers and is generally happy. Then I'm in. Yeah. And there's All free right. candy. <laughs> is there free candy in Adventure it's Time? A candy Kingdom, bro. You just go there. And, well, some of them are alive. Don't eat the ones that are alive. But. <laughs> that's what, what kind of rule is that, man? How am I supposed to know? <laughs> what if he's asleep? <laughs> Starchy falls asleep. I'm eating him. Sorry. Um, so the world is going to end and neither of us want to be here for it. I want to talk about solar flares and GPS satellite, GPS satellite. That's well, those are kind of, those are kind of connected, right? Yeah. Well, then, then let's have that be way one. The world ends and let's talk, let's talk about it. Okay. Cause I have a, I have a long list and a short amount on each of my long list things. Cool. I want to go pretty heavy into one that's related to a second one. Uh oh. All right. Option number one of how the world could end. <laughs> it's the end. Would be. You just you're really really on fire tonight, dude. You know you love R- <laughs> you know you know you know you love REM. Uh, a solar flare is basically a uh, an eruption on the sun of highly charged particles. The so s- the sun burps. Yeah, there's a lot of electromagnetic stuff going on on the surface of the sun and also in in the the core of the sun. And every once in a while that magnetic energy builds up and gets shot out from the surface. And so it's a, a really well, there's a huge range, but it can be anywhere from like a, a relatively small ejection of material to a really fucking huge one. The time, like the power of billions of atomic bombs. Isn't um Correct me if I'm wrong, but like, aren't solar flares kind of happening all the time? Like small, small ones are happening all the time? There's, so, sort of, yeah. Okay. There's no consensus around what causes them exactly. Mm. Um, it's sort of a hard thing to observe and measure, and we have no way of predicting them. Got it. Um, but there, there do seem to be times throughout the sun has sort of like a... Like a 13 year or something cycle and there are points in that cycle where they seem to happen more often mm. but we can't really predict or uh, anticipate when and where they're going to happen that's the exciting part right so <laughs> when this happens uh, a lot of energy radiation is shot out from the surface of the sun in a specific direction so it's not like on all sides of the of the sun, it's in a, a fairly a, a like focused yeah direction. fairly narrow band in one direction away from the sun. Also, sort of like the Death Star. Uh, yeah, I guess. Um, probably more. Well, yeah, 
more or less powerful depending on what type of solar flare you're dealing with. Okay. Minor ones don't really do anything, even if they were to come in the direction of the earth. Um, the more minor ones are what cause uh, the aurora, northern and southern lights. Oh. So it's those particles interacting with our ionosphere. Got it. So would we notice if there was like a sizable but small one? Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a huge range. So okay. yes, when there are larger solar flares coming in the direction of the earth, the northern lights are more intense. Um, but usually the earth's magnetic field does a good enough job of protecting us from any of the harmful shit. Got it. Um, really, really strong solar flares are sometimes accompanied by what's called a coronal mass ejection, which is basically a super-powered solar flare. Uh-oh. In which much more uh, material is shot out from the sun. Right. And um, it's a huge release of plasma and magnetic field from the solar corona, hence coronal mass ejection. Thanks. I always thought it was mass ejection, like a lot of stuff, but it's coronal mass, as in mass from the corona. Got it. Just learned that. Material from mm-hmm. that. Okay. Okay. So Yeah, I actually thought the same thing. I thought it would mass, like a massive, like big as fuck. Right. right. Um, so yeah, relatively minor ones up to like moderately strong ones, we probably wouldn't notice other than we would see more intense aurora. Oh, well, that um, sounds cool. Yeah. Really, really strong ones, though that can actually penetrate the Earth's magnetic field can create electrical currents on the ground. And so... Oh, God. (laughs) These electrical currents would be transferred into long-distance power lines, which then ultimately get routed back to power plants and can actually overload and destroy transformers at power plants. Got it. So this has happened a couple times. There was uh, most recently in, in 89 in Quebec... There was some coronal mass ejection that some indirect part of it hit the earth. And specifically on like in that part of North America and parts of Quebec were without power for uh, like a day or two because a bunch of transformers blew. So this, this wouldn't have any effect on like the life form specifically. It would have more of a, more of an effect on like the technology in this space. Right. It wouldn't be enough electricity to kill or hurt animal life we're not getting like mass struck by lightning no okay but if a strong enough coronal mass ejection hit earth and hit it directly so instead of just sort of glancing off of the earth like that one did if Mm. it hit directly over like the northern northern hemisphere that same scenario could happen across all of north america or even all of the northern hemisphere so now you're you're looking at like the United States and Canada and most of Europe and parts of Asia all being without electricity at the same time. Damn. Which gets really messy because so many things rely on electricity, A. Like all of them, basically. Well, so yeah, it's not like you're just out of electricity. Water is pumped into buildings with electric pumps. For sure. Gas is pumped with electric pumps. Right. So now you don't have water flowing. You don't have gas. So you're not delivering food to stores. Yeah. 
ATMs don't work. Banking right. all stops. The entire internet stops. And we know how much we need the internet. And if it's a large enough area and enough transformers are they because they basically would explode they would literally explode if this were if they get overloaded. So you have to replace the entire transformer. But if this happens to thousands of them simultaneously, simultaneously and no one has power in order to manufacture new ones, deliver new ones, install new ones, make these repairs, it could be months, if not years, before all of that damage is undone. So you're looking at... I didn't realize how, how much I was, like, I, <laughs> I didn't realize how much I was going to bum myself out with this episode. Mm-hmm. Like, like, I've been doing a lot of research on other versions of this, but I'm just listening to you like, damn, that that's going to be really bad. Luckily, this doesn't happen often. Okay. It's happened maybe once in recorded history. Um, and when these do happen, they're, they're called Carrington events. I feel like I've heard that term before. I had too, but I didn't actually know what it was. Yeah. Um, it's named after Dr. Richard Carrington, who was the first one to observe a solar flare mm. in 1859. Somehow this dude had a telescope that let him observe the sun and he saw a solar flare. Dr. Carrington was blind in 1860. <laughs> so there was a huge coronal mass ejection in 1859 that directly hit the earth. But in 1859, we weren't that tech- reliant. We on weren't very technology reliant in general, and so there were a lot of places that were without electricity for long periods of time. Um, the northern lights could be seen as far south as Cuba. It's not very northern at all. <laughs> no, no, it's actually nearly at the equator. Yeah, sure is. And like, I don't, we're in Minnesota, and most of the time here unless you're somewhere super dark you can't see them yeah or way up north right yeah um so it's happened once in whatever that is 150 some years yeah um but research suggests that those events should happen every couple hundred years so we're kind of carry the one (laughs) (laughs) and okay so in the next 20 or so years here a 2009 study um concluded that there's about a 12 percent chance of a carrington event within the next decade so that would be at this point within the next two years wait who said that this was a study for 2009 by the american something i'd have to look it up yeah no it's fine it's some NASA-funded third-party something that I don't remember who cool. actually did the study. Cool, someone reliable. All right, yes, good. yes, it Great. was it was legit. You can take my word for it from a very non-legit dude that this legit <laughs> thing happened. I promise. <laughs> um, so it, they don't happen often, but that doesn't mean that they don't happen, right? And if you go by, you know, uh, how like shitty baseball players like to think about after you struck out. 30 times you're due right yeah 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 (laughs) i don't think that's how probability works but uh but it but it's a good uh it's a good simile for the way things go yeah um this would also aside from just like transporting food and like all trucking would shut down basically sure it would really diesel fuel into a semi you can't go anywhere etc right it would be all forms of transportation sure um, you're not flying anywhere. Individuals aren't driving anywhere. 
um, even like all plumbing would stop because it's not just obviously yeah running you know it's not gravity right fueled right um the really scary part though is that if we were to be directly affected by that level of coronal mass ejection it would also likely take out any satellites that it passed through because satellites themselves rely on electricity, right? Right. It would basically... Uh, yeah. You yeah. have to, right? Yeah. Solar powered usually, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. Or always, I think. Um, but yeah, it would basically fry any satellites that we had in orbit, which means that on top of... Not that we'd have anything to receive GPS signals from, but we would have no GPS anything. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Cool. Yeah. Um, and actually, in July of 2012, a huge coronal mass ejection um, actually passed through the Earth's orbit, but just at a time where we had moved. So, if you think of the Earth making a ellipse around the sun, yes, it just didn't time it right. Got it, it. It passed through where we were a couple days prior. Got it. Yeah. So, if we'd been dragging ass around the sun... <laughs> Well, we'd have more problems, but yeah. But hypothetically speaking. Or if this coronal mass ejection had happened three days earlier, um, it was on... That's probably a better, that's probably a better way for <laughs> it like to have I like the idea of the our... Earth just being like, Oh, man, got it. <laughs> I'll catch up to you guys. <laughs> Damn, I am tired today, bro. Um, but it was roughly the scale of the Carrington event from 1859. All and right. it just happened to miss us and nobody noticed. Uh, well, we didn't notice. Some people at NASA noticed and probably shit their pants and then didn't <laughs> tell us until years later. <laughs> they just tweeted, LOL, holy shit, guys, that was close. Ha 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 ha. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, we'd have tons of problems on the ground in terms of no electricity, no plumbing. We'd be running out of food and water pretty quickly. No one would be able to get around you know public transit stops individual transportation stops every supply chain anything stops um people aren't able to get to their own money because i gotta imagine that banks are fully reliant on the internet and electricity at this point well right yeah um but even if it were somehow just gps that was taken out we would still have gigantic problems. Yeah, well, you'd have all of those problems just with, like, less of the other ones. Yeah, I'm saying if somehow the global positioning system were to fail without any of the other stuff, like if all 24 of those satellites just stopped working for some other reason, we oh. would still almost be equally fucked. Oh, totally. Which is not something I had really considered previously because i don't think i really understood how, how many th things rely on it yeah and what it really is even i i guess <laughs> i guess i kind of don't either as much as i kind of think about like i imagine everything that moves as a form of transportation relies on it so like ships airplanes cars uh yeah, I would imagine it's, all, all it's of those that things. Plus a bunch of stuff I never would have thought of because I didn't really understand how it works. So okay. hit me. Just yeah, quick quick background on GPS. Stands for global positioning system. 
that's 24 satellites that are orbiting 12,000 miles above the Earth. Okay. And they're spaced out so that anywhere on, Earth, on the surface of the Earth, you should have a direct line to at least four of them. There are 24 of them around the Earth. Oh. And they're at equal intervals so okay. that you can have a, a basically a line of sight, if you could see that far, to no, no less than four of them. Okay. Um, and the reason for that is that you actually need contact with four separate satellites in order to establish location where you are Mm -hmm. okay because it's your your location on the the surface of the earth but it also gives you elevation okay so i'm not really gonna try and explain that process of what's called trilateration because i don't understand it well enough to explain it to someone else (laughs) and even if you did i'm too dumb to understand it but basically all the satellite is is a an atomic clock so an incredibly, incredibly accurate clock and a radio transmitter. So it's sending a time-stamped radio Whoa. signal to a receiver. So I have my phone in my hand and I'm receiving this radio signal from a satellite. And all it's telling me, all it's telling the receiver, my phone, is when that signal left the satellite. Got it. And based on how long it took to reach me, it can determine how far away my receiver, my cell phone, is from that satellite. And if you get that measurement from four separate satellites, you could be triangulated, or I guess it, it would be squareangulated. It's called trilateration. <laughs> Trilaterated. Which I don't totally understand, because it also has to be able to account for movement. Oh, right. Because the Earth is rotating and so is the satellite? And so, so is the receiver potentially. You know, if I'm driving, driving, it has to be able to pick up my movement as well and track that, and then also elevation. So, anyway, it's it gets way more complicated because, um, so first of all, you have to account for the speed of light because that signal is moving at the speed of light, right? And so these are like billionths of a second that it's measuring in in terms of the the distance. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's got to account for the speed of light. It also has to account for the fact that when you're closer to the center of the earth, time actually moves more slowly <laughs> because you're being affected by gravity. So general relativity actually like very literally and very practically comes into play because A, the satellite is moving faster than us. Yes. So it is experiencing time differently than we are. Yes. But we are closer to a large mass and therefore being affected by gravity differently than the satellite is and are experiencing time differently. So every time that that information is sent, that radio signal is sent from the satellite to your phone, all that math is being done to cancel out the speed of light and the effect of gravity and the effect of that satellite moving faster than us. And all of that so that my Postmates delivery driver knows how to get me my shitty breakfast when I'm hungover on a Sunday. Einstein died for that. I, I, <laughs> Einstein's, Einstein died for this dream. Mm-hmm. He died for he died for my delivery order. Thank you, thank you, Bert. So the signal just tells your phone when it left the satellite, and based on those, it can correctly determine your position on the surface of the earth within about 20 feet 
is about how accurate they are right now. Sounds about right. Yeah. So like, you know. My Uber driver gets pretty close every time. Right. It's going to get you like within your house somewhere or, you know, on the block that you're supposed to be on, whatever. Sure. Um, when it was first rolled out in the 70s. God, that's so much earlier than I would have thought that yeah. would have been an effective well, thing. So the, the U.S. Air Force actually technically owns all of those satellites and allows the rest of the world to freely use them. So this was originally a U.S. government, U.S. Air Force project that was launched in, I think it was 73, for military purposes. So to, to be able to, you know, locate boats, ships, people. or people, yeah. or, you know, later on drones and any location-based anything. Um, and through the 80s and 90s, it was only accurate within about 100 yards. All right. And then in 2000, when it all became public, the um, the accuracy of it got way more... Uh, <clears throat> Mo' better. Yeah, in, in 2000, the accuracy of it got way more specific, and all that information became public. And so that's when you saw, you know, private or individual GPS devices being sold, it being integrated into all cell phones and everything. Yeah. Cars, navigation, all that shit. Um, because before then, it wouldn't have been useful for navigation or anything. You know, right. If you're trying to get directions within 100 yards of something, it's not going to really be that helpful. That's right. So. Yeah. Just blow it up over here. Uh, <laughs> how close are we? Well, close enough. So, like, we all know it's important for navigation and for airplanes and, you know, any sort of air travel obviously uses it. All sorts of military applications. What I didn't realize is that because all of them have atomic clocks on them, which are fairly rare and fairly expensive, they are the most accurate timekeeping devices that we have. And so lots of, lots of systems use them for timing, not for location. Okay. So every trade on the New York Stock Exchange is based uh, off of GPS. Damn. So a GPS error of a fraction of a second could mean millions or billions of dollars Whoa. in you know in trades that didn't go through when they were supposed to or went through when they weren't supposed to. Hmm. Um lots of infrastructure relies on them for timing too. So electrical, um, sewage, plumbing, all that stuff, all the timing is based on GPS data. Public transit, all the timing is based on GPS data. Damn. Things like traffic signals are based on GPS data. Damn. I'm just getting slowly quieter over here. Like, (laughs) fuck. (laughs) Shit. Um... Emergency services. What? So how oh, how the how the ambulance gets to you? Yeah, I would guess that's more location than timing, but maybe it's somehow both. Sure. Um, and the U.S. government estimates the economic value of those twenty-four satellites because of all these things that have been built around it. Oh, it's got to be astronomical. Tri- in multiple trillions of dollars. Wow. Yeah. Um, 
Do we just like do we just threaten China for like a day? Like, hey, we know we we know we owe you a lot of money, but like maybe you don't have GPS anymore. Well, I've <laughs> I've wondered about that before because why are we letting ISIS use it? Oh wow. You know what I mean? Like it, it it's literally open to the entire world right now. But you can't know. You can't know if if all it is is like yeah can you get a ping from this thing you can't know who or what device coming China you... is working on their own version of it however oh boy mhm cuz right now i mean that would be scary for other countries to know that potentially the US could fuck with GPS if they want to yeah. it's all controlled by the air force still and maintained and monitored and all of that That'll... or just start sending false information to certain parts of the world yeah that also sounds like mad dangerous though to be like there's if there are more than one if there are multiple countries who are creating a GPS then there's no universal source of truth like you would hope that right. they're created and spaced the the reason and it's designed so, the reason it's so effective and important is because it is a universal standard we all we all use it right China's like, nah, hold my beer. <laughs> we got this. All right. You want good news or bad news about GPS first? Oh boy. I thought we I thought we covered all of the bad nope. news and no, the good news. Uh, I was just setting it up. It gets worse. There's all right, well fucking lay it on me, bro. I there is there's really no good news, guys, other than we can't affect like ninety five percent of any of the things we're gonna talk about today. So right, well, I'm gonna give you the good news first. <laughs> all right. I mean, yeah. On the bright side, we don't have to worry about it. Don't worry. Because the Earth is flat and therefore satellites can't <laughs> Shut exist. Shut the fuck up. Get the fuck up. We're just bouncing here. radio signals off of the glass firmament. <laughs> and then they're coming back down, and the Illuminati is covering it up on the highest levels of government. Fam. So don't whoa, it's fine. Damn Shit's it. fine. We we have been asked to do a flat Earth episode by multiple different people now. I'm not gonna do it. Spencer I'm, I'm gonna says stop. he can't do it. We we said we were gonna do it a couple of times. I'm gonna say I'm not gonna do it. It's so dumb. <laughs> I, I, so many people have the only somewhat interesting angle to me would be like let's get someone on here who believes in it. And we could have Ask fun questions. We could have fun joking around with it for an hour. Yeah. But even that has been done a bunch of times. And those people are not interesting to talk to because they're fucking morons <laughs> who don't interact <laughs> with human beings outside of the internet. Bro, we are going to get some flat earther like hate mail. Great. Actually, and we'll read it on the show and openly mock you <laughs> and read your full name and address on the show. <laughs> actually, actually, okay. I'm going to, I'm going to pull Spencer back just like a slight <laughs> bit. Cause sometimes I need to. What? Uh, what? Um, if you're like a serious flat earther and only if you're serious, don't fucking be like, Oh, I'm going to learn the shit and defend it. I don't think any of them are. There's also that. That's another reason I don't want to do it. I don't think any of those people actually everyone's just trolling or I think the origin of it was trolling at least. And the only people that actually believe it now were dumb enough to fall for it being real. 612-246-4614. That's 612-246-4614. Leave us a voicemail or email us at hi at whatifpodcast.com if you want to yell at Spencer uh, for anything that he just said. But I also am pretty much in full agreement with Spencer that it's a super stupid theory and it's not true at all. And so, there are massive gaps in it. So... So that was me getting worked up about my own joke. 
Uh, also, if the good news is that um, is that your joke is also a lie, then the bad news is going to be really bad. Yeah, it's pretty it? bad. Uh, <laughs> it turns out that you can fake a GPS signal. What? Yeah. And this guy named Todd Humphreys a few years ago built what he calls a GPS spoofer. Of course, his name was Todd. What a dick. What a Todd. What a Todd. And um, so a GPS signal is basically just a radio signal, a radio frequency, a very specific one. But a receiver looks for, it just looks for a peak at this very specific radio frequency. Okay. And that's the signal that it reads. Sure. Um, and it is not encrypted. It is not authenticated in any way. These are just open because it's open to anyone in the entire world. Right. You wouldn't, that would be impossible to surmount. Right. What he managed to do was create a computer controlled radio signal that can override the GPS signal if you're within a certain distance from the receiver. So the one that he, the prototype that he built, I think it was like if you were within uh, like a couple hundred yards or something of a receiver, you could basically you slide in this fake signal until it perfectly aligns with the real one. And then you just make it a little bit louder than the real one. And it it starts reading the fake one. Okay, got it. So there's there's a video if you search Todd Humphrey's GPS spoofer. <laughs> there there's video of him building this and then on his own phone sitting next to it making it appear on Google Maps that he's driving across the state. Woof. Which on an individual level is scary enough, but when you apply that to I'm going to go sit outside the bank. Yeah. Or I'm going to go sit outside the New York Stock Exchange. Yeah. Or, or governmental building A, B, C, or D. Or in a seat on the airplane I'm flying in. Right. Blurg, bro. Right. And this was, I think it was four or five years ago that he built that, and other people I'm sure have extrapolated on that. And someone actually, because he went to, I don't know who he went, he went to, I think the Air Force, and said like, hey, uh, just so you know, this is possible, and you can have, I will share my work with you if you want to try and, you know defend against this yeah uh someone else independently came up with this idea and uploaded the plans to it to github oh so it's floating around the internet how to build a gps spoofer and if you have some electrical and programming knowledge you could build one i'm not gonna do that I'm, that didn't mean you. I, I meant one one could build one you know what i'm capable of Spencer. <laughs> those two things are not in my list um and I found a story that was the closest I could get to an example of this maybe actually happening. Oh. Um, do you remember? This was a sort of, I remember this being in the news. It was sort of a big deal for a couple of days. Uh, in 2011, there was, um, I don't know, was it 2011? Maybe it was later. 2012? I don't remember. Speaking of show shirts, I want someone to take. <laughs> oh, we were talking about that off air earlier. <laughs> yeah, okay, sorry. Just Great. related to what you Great just segue. said. You remember like the the more you know logo? Yeah, I want the, someone the to make PSA logo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want someone to make that for us, but just have it say "A Lie Was Born" instead. Yes. <laughs> so, yes, so please. That, so that when you say like 
It was 2011. Wait, was it 2011? We could just be like, alive was born. You know, <laughs> keep it moving. Um, also, we came up with two great band names. If anyone wants to get on designing the shirts, oh, the first God. one was Dino Wipeout. Dino Wipeout, and which the second, we'll talk about later. And the second one was Human Extinction. <laughs> if there's not a punk band already named Human Extinction, I'm going to be very disappointed. Someone please send me the link to their band camp. I would like to take a listen. All right. This was actually 2016, which is probably why I remember it. Oh. Thank you for stalling and talking about band shirts while I found the right information. No doubt. Um, there were a couple Navy ships that were that got off course somehow and drifted into Iranian waters. Oh. Does this sound familiar at all? Kind of. Okay. Um, and it was... Oh, yeah. And didn't they, like, didn't they stop the ship and they, like... Took a bunch of dudes. Yeah, they actually captured some U.S. Air Force sailors. But it was like a relatively friendly affair. Like, hey guys, what are you doing? Yeah, I think it all, all ended well. Um, but they were they were more than fifty miles off their projected course, and mm. had veered about fifty miles into Iranian waters. And there was never a good explanation given for how that happened. Doesn't that seem more of like a, that's a convenient PR way to spin like, oops, we were trying to sneak around in your backyard and we got caught. Possibly. Boy, or how did we get here? <laughs> or Iran is fucking with people's GPS signals and being like, oh, why don't you uh, just kind of venture into Iranian waters so uh, we can shoot you and it will sure. be justified. Sure. Because you entered our space and you were aggressive. Or so we can capture your boat and get something exchange in exchange for your boat and your people. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So yeah, it, it was, I mean, it's purely speculation, but it was hypothesized that maybe Iran was messing around with some GPS spoofing. Huh. Uh, this was like about a year and a half ago. You know, one of the things that I've noticed... And we'll get into. Oh, we're gonna. There, yeah. just one, one more thing on yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. In in 2011, that's why I got the dates mixed up. Um, they actually successfully manipulated the GPS systems on a CIA drone. Whoa! And brought it down in Iran and captured it. Whoa! So, it. I think that's why people are speculating. Like maybe they're moving like, on to people and yeah. boats and like, actually cap capturing sailors. Yeah. That's crazy, but man. But that, I mean, that that's like super small scale version of what could could happen if totally. this was widely available and totally. easy to easy to make. One of the things I've noticed to your point is like I feel like so many of the <laughs> doom porn, so many of the doom porn scenarios we're talking about on today is is like they're all kind of interconnected or a lot of them are interconnected. Mm -hmm. Like the one that you just said is like, that's a pretty, pretty easy way for us to get into a nuclear Holocaust is, right. uh, some GPS spoofer steers a ship into unwanted waters or right. takes a U.S. submarine that thinks it's in Japan and oops, it's in North Korean waters. And all of a mm -hmm. sudden we have nuclear Holocaust happening like that. Right. You know, so many of these things are, or to your point about food, you know, food delivery and uh, how many, I mean, how many things are, how many watering systems and agricultural systems and things are tied to, you know, electricity and I mean, you know, yeah. how uh, many. And the internet. And the internet, like how many crops die 
if we don't have electricity just based on an inability to carry on with our current agricultural system. You know, like so many of the things we're going to talk about next are are kind of interconnected based on, well, if this happens, then that would happen kind of thing. I know you're talking about food delivery on like a, an agricultural <laughs> supply chain level, but it got me thinking if Amazon ever gets around to doing their drone delivery yeah, and they start doing food delivery, they are doing food delivery, right? Yeah, they are. Then I might build a GPS spoofer and just sit outside and direct <laughs> people's food deliveries to my house and then send them back on their way. I'm like, it, I don't it's know the, what to tell you. It's the way more friendly version of robbing the pizza driver just for his pizza. Or the, or the you ever, when you're in high school, you have your buddy order from the drive through window and then pull up and then somebody gets out of the car and when they're handing it off, you run through and intercept it and then the <laughs> guy just drives off and you got free McDonald's. You ever do that one? Holy shit, no, but that sounds amazing. <laughs> You're welcome, high schoolers listening to our podcast. There's some there's some wisdom from like two thousand and one. There's some there's some nostalgic shit we probably shouldn't have done for yeah. ten, fifteen years you know, ago. Give sixteen year olds driver's licenses and some stupid shit is gonna happen. Oh boy, did we do some stupid shit. Kinda surprised that I'm still alive. Um well if we haven't severely bummed you out enough yet, we're gonna uh, we're gonna take a quick break and give you a breather, uh, take a shot, get some fresh air, <laughs> stretch out a little bit, and uh, and come back in a second and uh, we're gonna try to <laughs> bum you out further uh, with uh, less depth but more instances of ways uh, the world might end. Um Don't whoa because <laughs> you can't control it anyway. So uh, don't worry and we'll be right back with the what if podcast. We want to hear from you. Send us a message. Email hi, that's H-I, at whatifpodcast.com. Or leave us a voicemail at 612-246-4614. We are back. This is the What If Podcast. The world has not ended. Yet. In, yet, in... <laughs> In the break that we just took to... <laughs> that was actually only about 15 seconds for you, so... <laughs> Unless you died and this podcast is just playing to your... Never mind. It was going to get really, really terrible and Your dark. dead ears? Yes. <laughs> That's what I was going to say, and then you said it anyway. Well, can well. can your dead ears be a band name, too? Yes. All right. Yes. Is that like a Van Gogh reference? Um, <laughs> I mean, he mailed a dead ear to somebody. Be Before we move into... <laughs> Yes, yes, he did. Yes, he did. Before we move into whatever way you have for us to die in exciting fashion, <laughs> so many. Um, I forgot. I left out one part about the effects of a GPS failure. <laughs> oh, which is that people will just drive into the ocean, <laughs> which has happened on multiple occasions. Apparently, um, this just makes me fear for how stupid we are. There were some some Japanese tourists that were in Australia. And the uh, the GPS navigation in their rental car <laughs> wasn't working, and they followed it straight into the ocean. Uh. They drove their Chevy Avio into the Pacific Ocean. Now, I'm pretty sure it's this way. <laughs> now, we're going to be good, I think. Um, Honey, just trust technology, okay? And similarly, a lady in Ontario uh, was driving around near a lake, and she was supposed to turn right. And instead of waiting until there was a street to turn right, uh, turned right onto a boat launch and drove her car into the lake. <laughs> and and nearly died because <laughs> her car sank. 
<laughs> bro. Bro. So not not our biggest worry if GPS fails, but people will drive cars into the ocean. I really like the character of the Overly, uh, overly excited GPS user slash listener. So turn now, go, when, go, turn. When Google before Google Maps can say turn right in <laughs> three hundred feet, it's just turn right. Ah! <laughs> just do it like right in that moment. I'm listening. She told me to turn right. I turned right. Okay. No break. Nothing. Nope. Just hard, hard right, straight into the ocean. <laughs> Make a U-turn. Make a U-turn. I was going to try to yourself. <laughs> die. Die. You die now. You die now. It's much more hell than it is anything else. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't swim. <laughs> all right. I'm going to shut up for a while. Tell me about it. how we're all going to die. Well, we, we are. Uh, we are. We are all going to die one day. Um, whether or not we're here to some of us sooner than others, some of us sooner than others, whether or not we're here to see everyone die or the planet die is, uh, is different. I'm here to see everybody die. Let's go. I'm here for it. That's actually the only reason I'm sticking around to be honest. (laughs) There's a good chance. I think we're all going to go. So I'm going to wait till that happens. Um, no, but I, I did, uh, I did definitely, as I was doing my research for this episode, there are a lot of people that talk about, the end of the world in two different lenses, which is the end of the world, like the planet, the earth, the yes. the people who talk about like eventually our sun will be massive. The eventual heat death of the universe and is coming. Will, will, will murder us. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't worry, guys. That's like a really like billions of years from now, but it will happen. I don't know why I didn't play this earlier. Show me what you got. <laughs> or the planet will be destroyed. Yeah. Well, we can play it lots between now and the end of the session. I should have pulled some audio from the giant screaming sun also. <laughs> Damn it. All right. Maybe maybe that will be worth putting in post. Just have it screaming underneath <laughs> us while we're talking sun, about sun. Sun a loop. Ah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so there there is, though, there's a difference. Or people, I guess, look at it differently. Is like humankind ending or is the planet Everything. ending? Yeah. Um, which are kind of different, and for the is most it, part, is it a human extinction or just a dino wipeout, or a or a planetary extinction entirely? Well, yes. the dino wipeout didn't wipe out the planet entirely. Got close, got close. We're still here. We we weren't here when dinosaurs were. I mean, I guess I mean if the entire planet had been wiped out by the thing that killed the dinosaurs, nothing would have come back. Jesus, likely, yeah. Jesus would not have come back. <laughs> That's where I was going with that. Good. Nailed right. it. What do you got? Um, well, I got a Carl Sagan quote, which I think is kind of interesting. Carl Sagan is always welcome here. Yeah. So um, in a paper in 1983, he was asked about uh, human extinction. Mm-hmm. And um, I think I think this is kind of interesting. He says, it's a little long, but stick with me. Um. If we are required to calibrate extinction in numerical terms, I would be sure to include the number of people in future generations who would not be born. By one calculation, the stakes are one million times greater for extinction than for the more modest nuclear wars that kill, quote, only hundreds of millions of people. 
There are many other possible measures of the potential loss, including culture, science, the evolutionary history of the planet, the significance of the lives of all of our ancestors who contributed to the future descendants. Extinction is the undoing of the human enterprise. Damn. And I thought it was just a really interesting way of looking at, like, saying, obviously he's putting it in quotes to be, only hundreds of millions of people die would die if, say, the U.S. and Russia and uh, North Korea all got into a nuclear war tomorrow. Yeah. But he he sort of, as he looks at the the future of humanity, he looks at that as also the generations that would then no longer be born because of... Right, that still pales in comparison to the, the totality of humanity. Of humanity, right. Mm-hmm. Um, which I thought was kind of an interesting lens to look at. Yeah, I never thought about that. I hadn't either. Um, and, thanks, uh, Carl. Thanks, Carl. He's thanks better for, at thinking than us. <laughs> and also better better at thinking about like big things than us. So True. He, he had a good lens. You on, got a different idea of scale when you're... Uh, an astronomer. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I kind of want to do, we, we've done, um, we've done more sort of rapid fire types of things before. I don't really want to do super hard rapid fire, but okay. we don't need to break out the timer or anything. We don't need to break out the timer like we did last week. Um, but I, I do think we should pop through, you know, as many of these as we can to just talk about like, Hey, Here's here's a possible terrible thing that might happen to us. Is is the track listing for Human Extinction's debut album? Oh <laughs> man, it totally is. Okay, it has to be. It has to be. Um, and obviously, the intro track has to be called "Pandemic." <laughs> awesome. Um, Don't tell my lawyer we kill people, man. Yeah, I think that's Ebola personified in that little kid's voice. Uh, Because if that's what Ebola sounds like, I'm way less scared of it now. (laughs) It's a a 13-year-old child hopped up on pain meds. Um, So, unfortunately, Ebola's back in a semi-scary way. Yeah. Um, As of... Did Did you watch that CNN documentary? I did not. Mm. The unseen enemy. It's I really, did not. It's really terrifying and uh, talks mostly about how Ebola might end all of us. Okay. Well, good. Then I think you'll have lots to add to the pandemic section, <laughs> having watched said documentary. Um, but so basically, um, not necessarily Ebola, but in uh, in 2014, the Ebola. Do you remember the that breakout of Ebola in Africa, oh, yeah. etc. That yeah, yeah. had the U.S. and many other developed countries in an absolute shit fit. Yes. Um, do you remember how many people that killed? In the U.S. or total? Total. Mm, no, but I think it was under 100. It was definitely under 100, but it was more than I thought it was. It was It was almost 11,000 people died of Ebola in that breakout. Okay. Um, but what was, now, the, what was it in the U.S., though? Like three? Were there U.S. deaths from it? I'm pretty sure there were. Someone is screaming at their podcast right now because they know this answer and I, we I, don't. I believe there were, but okay. you know, if you want to actually <laughs> proceed with what you had, I can look that all up. All right, all right. I'll good, um, good googly moogly it. Good googly moogly. Um, but essentially, um, yeah, Bill Gates says... Uh, there, there's an interesting article in on Vox, which I highly recommend people read, where it's an interview about um, Bill Gates and his work in sort of controlling 
pandemics of or epidemics of huge kinds. Uh, and the, t- the title of this article is actually wicked depressing. It's called The Most Predictable Disaster in the History of the Human Race. Yikes. Uh, Yikes. By the way, I was really close. It was two. Two. Okay. Um, so so Gates, uh, generally speaking, is is optimistic about the ability to kill a lot of diseases. I mean, the Gates uh, Foundation is trying to do a lot of that. Yeah. But like the one thing that Bill Gates is uh, is afraid of is like a, a global pandemic of uh, of epic proportions. He says, "Look at the death chart of the 20th century." Because the, I'm just going to read a, a quick snippet of this article. Look at the death chart of the 20th century. He says because he's the kind of the guy that looks at death charts. I think everybody would say there must be a spike for World War One. Sure enough, there it is, like 25 million, and there must be a big spike for World War Two, and there it is, it's like 65 million. But then you'll see this other spike that is as large as World War Two right after World War One, and most people would say, "What was that?" Well, that was the Spanish flu. Damn. So most people don't really realize that the Spanish flu killed literally as almost as many people tens as of millions tens of, of millions of people died. I had no idea. I didn't either. I I wasn't even like, and and the weird part is that was like between those wars, but we don't we don't think about that. I also never paid attention in any history <laughs> class I had. So yeah, that one might be on me. It was not not my best uh, not rather my best than, subject either. Rather than the Spanish flu's PR team. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what would that PR team look like? Uh, there isn't one, apparently. I guess not. We're really sorry. <laughs> that's, that's just all they do. Go on apology tours nonstop. Ebola, um, AIDS. Uh, we can talk about bacteria, viruses that we don't even, we're not even aware of. Super bacteria. Super bacteria, uh, which is... Opening for human extinction <laughs> one night only. Yes. Um, super bacteria, for those that don't know, our antibiotics as a species keep getting stronger and stronger to fight the growing bacterias that we have, and they're being prescribed more, which means that we're more susceptible to different types of bacteria and growing bacteria, et cetera. So basically uh, getting to the point where a bacterial infection, like your common cough or flu or whatever, except that we don't have a bug killer. We don't have a fly swatter big enough to swat the fly. Only the Andre the Giants of bacteria are left out here. Yeah. Um, I read a really interesting article that I'm not going to be able to, uh, I'm not going to be able to find right now, but it was about how there was a Russian city that had, due to global warming, they had a big chunk of this glacier uh, melt, and in the glacial melt, there were carcasses that were found of uh, deer in in Russia that had died yeah. from anthrax poisoning. Like, and this was like t- like hundreds of, not hundreds, yeah, like thousands of or hundreds or thousands. I'm not really sure which one. So a lie was born, but a long time ago, <laughs> some number of years ago, a long time ago, a bunch of reindeer who died of anthrax poisoning in this like far up northern Russia area. And as the glacial melt started to work its way into the topsoil, it worked its way into the water system of the city and started killing kids who were dying from anthrax poisoning. And nobody could figure out how the kids were dying. And it was because the anthrax spores that had been held dormant in the glacial ice melted. In the deer mummies? 
and the deer mummies exactly melted into the city's water and started killing kids. So that's, that's an, up. it's super fucked up. And that's another huge fear that people have related to a pandemic is the ability to for things to potentially melt and become uh, exposed to this podcast is the worst. <laughs> I didn't really think this one through about how like every step of the way this is just gonna be fucking the worst. It is. It is. I I'm gonna <laughs> I want to be so. You know what we're gonna do? We're gonna we're gonna we should create a hashtag like like this podcast sucks. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I want people to be proud that they made it to the end of the episode. Like I soldiered through, and like we're gonna be all right. Don't worry. Don't whoa. <laughs> yeah. Let's just make it that. You spell that W. U W W Y. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. D O N T. No. D O N. Okay. W U W W Y. All right. So hashtag don't worry. <laughs> and that's how we're going to deal with the yeah. impending doom of ourselves and our planet. Yeah. So, okay. Ebola and anthrax from avalanches of anthrax are going to kill our kids. <laughs> avalanches of anthrax are going to kill our kids. Track An- two. Anthrax avalanche. <laughs> Track two. Oh man, someone needs to Photoshop together the actual album artwork for Human Extinction <laughs> and like the track listing. Pete, you're um, not busy, right? Get on that. <laughs> yeah, he shouts out to Pete. Congratulations on your new job, bro. Um, what else is gonna kill us? So, pandemic part two is. Oh, oh good, no, great. no. Pandemic part two is a um, is a pandemic that would happen to our food source. So we spray crops for certain things to prevent against certain bugs that are known to, you know, like there's all kinds of things that kill trees in Minneapolis and things like that. Idea being if there's one that hit just just one major agricultural export from any big country, if, if a corn bug happened that mm-hmm. took out any percentage of our corn in a short period of time, it would destabilize, destabilize market prices and basically our entire food uh our entire food supply they say something to the effect of if if um you probably really mess with this the corn self-confidence too <laughs> since there'd be none of them left yeah i wouldn't be very confident if i was Put a dead lot of either. pressure on the remaining ones like that's just, right like don't fuck this up yeah. for us as a species yeah that's that real be good at all that's how will smith felt and i am legend bro i'm hoping like, i'm hoping that if that happens it's all wheat getting ergot uh, poisoning. So we all hallucinate a bunch yeah, before we go. The entire country will just be tripping balls for like a month and then we'll all die. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be one way to don't worry is, yeah. <laughs> is to just trip until you're out. You ever heard the story about the uh, the people who dance themselves to death? I did hear that story. That's, that's one hypothesis for what was going on there. Because they had ergot poisoning? Yeah. I mean, I guess if we're going out, we might as well hey, dance ourselves to death, right? If my, ver- if my version of Armageddon is dancing myself literally to death while, like, seeing, you know, imaginary polar bears, and <laughs> I'm, I'm okay with that. I guess there are worse ways to go. Um, okay, so other ways we can die. Well, talking about things that are interconnected and also talking about, uh, talking about dinosaurs, um... What if something hits the planet? Ooh, an impact event. An impact event indeed. Deep impact, perhaps. Um, it's also it's also referred to as a bolide. Is that right? Bolide event? I don't know. I've never heard that. Shit. I can't find it in my notes right now. I'm pretty sure bolide? something. A bolide impact. Yes. So a 
A bolide is uh, an extremely bright meteor, especially one that explodes in the atmosphere. And astronomy refers to a fireball about as bright as the full moon and is generally considered a synonym for fireball. In geology, a bolide is a very large impactor. Okay. Um, so the, That's a new one for me. Cool. The, a bolide event is often what they say killed the dinosaurs. Obviously, an impact of intense, uh, intense proportion, but, but it, they refer to it as a bolide event. But it breaks up and therefore is spread out over a larger area? Is so that the idea? Creating multiple very right. large craters okay. across a, a surface. Yeah. Okay. Um, hmm. Which then has a full... Uh, Series of dust in the air, nuclear winter, dust in the air, nuclear winter, um, climate change, huge temperature changes. Yeah. yeah. Um, to, to go back to pandemic part three, <laughs> some yeah. people are worried that there could be molecular content of some kind on a meteorite or a comet or something. An alien invasion, if you will. That, an alien, almost, I mean, I guess literally, right, it would be an, an alien species. It would technically, yes. Uh, and it would be basically something that could land on our planet and would be a a molecular being that we would have no uh, knowledge of or basis for and could potentially be harmful to humans or plants or animals or all of the above. Gotcha, bitch! And, and would get all of us um, just by getting deposited from being a random rock floating. I'm really disappointed in myself that I didn't uh, include alien invasion on this list of things that could end our world. I mean... Sorry, guys. I guess we just did, though. Technically speaking, we just did. Pandemic Part 3 that's also... or Excuse me, Pandemic Part 4 that's also sort of partially related to the impact one is... Um, Basically, the potential that someone could engineer it as a terroristic threat. So creating creating a superbug in a lab, and why why though? Because it's going to affect everybody. Because some men just want to watch the world burn, including themselves. Well, this this was like the entire plot of that Mission Impossible movie with the Chimera. There was I, I don't Ryan think it was a movie that I didn't see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. I can't remember if it was the first one or the second one. Maybe someone is once again yelling at their podcast. But one of the Mission Impossible movies is about a group of terrorists who create a superbug in a lab and the antidote for the superbug and then mm. release the bug into or try to release the bug into the wild so that a bunch of people get sick and die and then they have the um the vaccine or the antidote or whatever and they want to sell it for trillions of dollars because the whole world's going to need it because it's going to be like a massive global pandemic. That sounds awful. It does sound pretty awful. But the way that science is going unchecked, people are, you know, people are doing a lot of stuff at home, like making GPS freaking devices that, you True. know. True. Okay. All right. Uh, they, do you they have also, anything other than pandemics? Because <laughs> Yes, I do. Uh, but f- for what it's worth, there's a version of that that's unintentional, which they refer to as a scientific accident, which I think <laughs> is just kind of a funny, like, oops, we made a superbug. Um, <laughs> also, also in scientific accidents, we have gray goo. Track, track four? Are we on track four? Gray goo? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or maybe three. I don't know what happened there. Uh, all right. I'm sure someone found a track three. Track three was super bug. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Grey Goo is crazy. So I'm not going to try to explain nanotechnology in the short amount of time that we have on this oh, podcast. Yeah, this is the runaway AI yes. nanobots one. Yes. Who consume all... Oh, yeah, sorry. No, you're, you're Brian, good. You basically go ahead, did it. Please. No, you basically did it. <laughs> I just got really excited that I did actually know what you were talking about because I didn't think I yes, knew what Grey Goo was. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to try to explain nanotechnology in a short period of time, but essentially imagine molecular engineered bots with a specific purpose. Tiny, fuel, tiny robots. Tiny, tiny robots. And their fuel is generally like a behavior. So like the one of the um, one of the best examples that I've heard of this is um, there was some nanotechnology deployed in the last Gulf oil spill to try to consume uh, um, consume a certain amount of the oil in the water and the okay. nanotechnology was used to basically they consume it and turn it into break it down into something less terrible. Yeah. Something less damaging to the environment. Idea being if we're creating nanotechnology for these specific purposes, we don't necessarily know that we can control it or that it's going to always act the way we want it to. The idea being, Oh, so imagine one little tiny nanobot got, it, it was doing his job breaking down oil molecules but in that one oil molecule there was also like uh, a little teeny tiny seaweed molecule and it was like oh I'm supposed to break that down too because this is what I'm learning now. bonded to this oil molecule exactly and then it goes oh this is also a seaweed molecule and then all of a sudden in three days. All the seaweed is gone. (laughs) In three ways in three days the ocean floor is wiped clean of seaweed because this, this nanotechnology just sort of eats it all. Or Todd shows up with his nano spoofer and reprograms them to kill all the dolphins (laughs) jesus track five kill all dolphins kill the dolphins i was hoping you were going to say that todd was going to be like this was going to be his saving grace he was going to redeem himself no fucking todd um so yeah that would be that would be another version of a scientific accident we've got um the track six <laughs> track six we already talked about nuclear war we don't really need to. that one's really no fun and not that interesting yep um the one that i've talked about a lot uh go watch dr strangelove and e- call it good exactly huh? Huh? yeah there you go i've Have, seen i've seen oh, dr okay. strangelove yeah. yeah oh man i'm like i'm like three for four We're this doing episode well today. If, I, if i pull movies like before 1970 yeah. <laughs> you're usually good no fuck that <laughs> i've seen every will smith movie um the one that I love to talk about because I think it's true, uh, or not true, but maybe like one of our biggest risks imminent is more, more imminent is uh, overpopulation. Huh? Overpopulation. How has, does overpopulation lead to us all dying, though? Um, That's the opposite of us all dying. <laughs> well, it would start being the opposite of us all dying, and then we would all die. How? Um, so there's a couple different ways people talk about this one. It's also partially related to climate change and the way that a lot of these things uh, are uh, interlinked. Okay. Um, so imagine, imagine the the um, the chart of human population on the planet. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm imagining it going up. Am I correct? So you're, far, you're very correct. Okay, good man, nailed it, bro. Thanks. Just out the park. <laughs> um, and then also the chart of. Uh, livable space on the planet, right? I bet that so, one's going down. That one's going down a little bit. Um, <sighs> two for two. 
there are areas in Africa and India that are unfarmable. A lot of people are saying that um, as the ice caps continue to melt, the water is going to rise in certain areas, including Miami and New York and India as well, and some yep. of those East Asian countries, etc. So as those two charts fight each other, too many people, not enough space, um, that's also going to affect food and access to food. Um, oh, the stat that I was going to bring up earlier before we got distracted. Uh, this is a high distraction episode. Damn, we're not usually this distracted. Yeah, we are all over the place. I apologize. Yeah, yeah. We we love you, and and we'll be we'll be less distracted <laughs> next time. But maybe we need a good distraction every every like ten seconds so you don't think about the world ending <laughs> in that one specific way. <laughs> We'll give you some new fodder. Yes. Um, but they, I, I've, I've read a stat before that says basically um, if, if all food deliveries stopped, not Postmates, uh, as in food being brought into grocery stores. Supply chain, yes. Supply chain issues. Uh, if there was a, like a halt to the supply chain of food, your local grocery store would basically be out of food in four days. Yeah. So the short time period of those things being affected by... Greater yeah, shit would start moving really quickly, <clears throat> right? Um, so that wouldn't necessarily lead to everyone dying, but there would be an intense period of starvation and wouldn't things that, sort of falling apart. Yeah, but wouldn't that sort of rebalance things eventually? I would say probably, yeah, I don't see the, any scenario in which that takes out everyone. Maybe not everyone. It would probably not be a human, a full human extinction, unless the the other way that people talk about that getting bad is that. Um, it it turns into a like a global war crisis. Holy shit! Look at that huge fucking bug. Oh uh, yeah. Damn! Is that a what is that? It's an ant. Are you gonna kill it? Yeah. You guys, there is a inch and a half long ant climbing on. You're, yeah, the you're exaggerating a little, but it's pretty fucking big. That's maybe one of the bigger. He's ants following the red line across the screen. That's recording. That's Bro, great. Is oh, climbing, he's gone. He, he's gone. Except he's, gone. he's gonna climb up. He's gonna kill us. Ants are fine. Ants. Ants are, ants are fine. Track seven. Um, anyway, overpopulation, people moving, moving country to country, state to state, that creates conflict between countries. It's already happening in other, uh, in the Middle East as it relates to different geopolitical issues, but... Um, it could definitely wipe out a lot of people. I don't, I don't see that one being like a total or even mass extinction scenario, but... It could get ugly for That's sure. That's fair. Um, that is basically the gist of my list, man. Okay. I guess it's a. I guess human extinction is an EP. <laughs> well, actually, oh, this is going to be a two-parter, which I don't think we mentioned at the beginning, but probably I, I guess should we have. didn't. No, yeah, because this will be a, a little more fun in part two. We're going to go through ways in which people are preparing for these scenarios, right? Which actually will hopefully be the hope antidote to yes or at least the wild ass story antidote yes. to the uh, doom and gloom hour and 20 minutes you, that we've just, y'all just experienced <laughs> yeah hopefully there's been enough jokes in between that haven't made you go all right shit now i gotta, gotta go about my wednesday now and <laughs> hope things aren't totally fucked gotta watch out for ebola and space aliens <laughs> and space ebola and gray goo yeah um, but yeah, we're going to, we're going to come back with some, some stories of doomsday preppers and maybe some like actual practical things that could be done. Vaults uh, that are holding, uh, seeds for ooh, us yeah, yeah, yeah. and, uh, some things like that. So it should be a really seed vaults, seed vaults. Yeah. It should be a really fun part too. Uh, so yeah, we're going to come back with that next week, but, uh, 
I think that's about all the the doom porn I can handle I, for for one episode. I think it is for for me too. We'll we'll, we'll hopefully give you some some doom hope. Uh, <laughs> hope <next>. porn. Hope. <laughs> Why does that sound so much like weirder? I don't know. Sounds like fun. What All are you right. talking about? Um, just a couple of quick things to wrap. Um, we did mention it earlier. If you want to send us an email, that's hi at whatifpodcast.com. If you want to leave us a voicemail, recommend a show idea, leave us a voicemail at 612-246-4614. And you can check us out online at whatifpodcast.com. Uh, I'm out of hats. Oh, dang. Yeah. Uh, if you want to leave us a rating and re- a review... Um, and email me. Maybe I'll find some other cool shit to send you. We're going to start giving away some books. Yeah, maybe. I'm, I'm running out of room for books. Maybe you could take some of those. Yeah. We'll send you like a VHS copy of Mrs. Doubtfire or something. <laughs> we'll find something. Yo, we'll make it worth your while if you uh, if you leave a rating and review and send it to us. We'll, we'll get you a little, a little high five package as well. All right, man. I think that's all we got. We'll be back next week with What If the World Ends Part Two on the What If Podcast. Later. Have a good week. We'll be back next week with another episode of the What If Podcast. You ended up